0: Anyway, what I was saying is that that one of the big parts of this podcast is simply to learn what the hell all this is about. Right. All facets of it: the the podcast, the sitting with something, the bullshitting, the picking uh, a subject, a script, not a script, just see how things flow, and then adding it to YouTube and learning all of that. Yeah. Because I've been very interested in the the mechanics behind of it. YouTube yeah. for. Years and years and years. Right. And, well, you're uh, missing
1: out the most fun part—the part of actually putting it up there. And I've done
0: that before, like that actual part I've done before. Right. Like I've got some shitty videos up, like that song I wrote a song for uh, the guild that I played a video games with. I wrote a song and I made a video for my friend for his birthday, and I put those up. So I've got I've got that. It's more the. The maintaining of a channel. Like, what the hell does that all look like? Because there's a shitload of stuff to it that you can do. Yeah, I was interested to see how do we monetize it? When can we monetize it? Not with any expectations that we could.
1: Oh, yeah. I have no expectations. No. None. And
0: the amount, what we need to even get to the point to flick on the switch is a lot. Yeah. We need a thousand subscribers. And the, th- and the first thousands the hardest yeah. of any uh, subscriber amount,
1: right? Like yes yeah. tell me about it. Right, it'll be very hard. I've been blogging since, like, I think 2003, and yeah. I've got 13 followers. Right, exactly. And I've yeah, got, yeah. like, over 100,000 posts. Right. <clears throat> Talkbots. Talkbot. Episode 3. You never did tell me what you thought of my Oh, title. you're right, I did. It's
0: good. It's good. I, th- I, I read it and I wasn't like in love. The theme... The th- good. Yeah,
1: I just couldn't come up with anything better. I tried, but... Uh, considering what we're be talking week, so. about. But yeah, the, 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 the title that I settled on was Batteries Included, and you'll understand why. Because usually it's Batteries Not Included, but in this particular case... We're
0: talking about Dildos t- this week.
1: On this particular topic, Batteries Are Included... And no, it's not dildos for those of you that all of a sudden ears perked up and went, what? That's next week. What's this episode about? Well, let me segue into that in the clever way that I had sort of planned on doing it. So, Adam. Yeah. What do you think about the price of gas these days? Oh, boy. Howdy. Right? Even even a
0: what in tarnation. (laughs) Yeah, gas prices are fucked.
1: They are, and they're not going down anytime soon. No. So what if I told you that um, you could own a car and you never have to buy gas ever again? I call you a liar. Did no, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you hadn't guessed, we're going to be talking about electric cars in this episode. This is a topic that I have wanted to spill my guts about for many, many years. I will talk to people on this topic. Like, almost randomly on the street. Hey, man, do you know about electric... You know, and just, like, totally have them running away. But now I get to actually talk about it with somebody who may or may not give a shit.
0: No, I give a shit. I give hmm. shits. The shits that I give Great. are there. But um, the part that... Yeah.
1: We'll be talking about the butts, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: the electric car... The electric car, the fandangle, the electric car, automobile, is something that is very cool. And I always thought it was really neat, and um, I want to say it's a natural progression. But the first electric car was like in fucking eighteen forty or some shit. Exactly, and right? It's nothing so new. Shit's been around, um, but in the order of operations of in my head about harnessing uh, electricity, mm. it 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 starts with my house, right? And eventually, it gets to the point where I can power my own vehicle. Yes. So I am right off the grid. Yeah. So electric cars are always cool, but my my interest was earlier in that in that uh, order of operations. So but absolutely.
1: Have you ever have you ever been in an electric car?
0: So we talked about it briefly last week and sort of blew our wad a little bit on the conversation and off you asked me that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have have not actually been inside of one. Okay. I have seen inside of one. Right.
1: But he wouldn't let us sit in it.
0: Wow. (laughs) He he was a bit of a D-bag for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, if I owned an electric car and people wanted to sit in it, I'd be like, you want to go for a drive? Right. (laughs) Yeah, right. And that's kind of what happened to me. If you don't mind me repeating the story, but in a slightly shorter... I have a neighbor that lives a few blocks up the road. And then when I found out that she owned a Tesla Model 3, I asked her if uh, she'd be willing to talk about her experiences with the car and what made her choose it, choose buying one in the first place. And she said, yeah. And then she offered to come and, and uh, pick me up one week night or whatever and take me for a drive. Carl, was your intrigue, when
0: you asked her about why she picked it. Was your question more directed about the Tesla or an electric car period?
1: An electric car period, okay. but also the Tesla. certainly. Um, specifically because not everyone can afford to buy a Tesla. Right. I mean, if I could afford to buy a Tesla, there'd be one in the driveway right now. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so... Never mind that part. Yeah. That's what I was interested in. I, I wanted to have, I wanted to be able to steer the conversation with per, someone I knew. Why did you pick this car? Why did you pick an electric car, period? And why specifically did you pick the Tesla? Right. And it was interesting, the answers that I got her. What she was basically looking uh, to do, she wanted to buy her forever car. She figured if I'm going to sink a lot of money into a brand new car, I want it to be around for a long time and I want it to Mm -hmm. be kind of future-proof. And I said, well, you definitely picked the right kind of car for that because Teslas are renowned for getting like major, major feature updates through software updates, just like a computer or an operating system would. And because they put enough hardware in their cars to make them future-proof, yeah, so it was pretty thrilling uh, to go for a drive in it. And then she surprised me after she had driven me out to Cochrane, which is about a 25-minute drive from here. Uh, she let me get in the driver's seat and drive it all the way back, which was phenomenal. Absolutely freaking phenomenal. So that was that's my only real-world experience with electric cars. But I'm an electric car fanboy in the sense that I will spend hours on YouTube watching owners of electric cars talk about what it's like to own their electric car. Because they will, I found, be supremely forthcoming on the good and the bad. Um, They'll focus mostly on the good, of course, because, you know, most people aren't going to diss something they've shelled out a lot of money for and harp on those things. Mm -hmm. But they're mostly honest, at least about the things that they don't like about their cars. And, uh, it, I am now a believer that they are not only the future, but they are probably going to become ubiquitous sooner than a lot of people realize because all the reasons Anyone I've spoken to have come up with why they don't think they're practical or a good idea right now are so off the mark. It's not even funny. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because they just don't know. Right. They just don't know. Like, you know, the last person I spoke to said, yeah, I, you know, I like them and everything, but I, I just can't be bothered to spend an hour waiting for it to recharge. And I'm like, "Okay, so you just proved to me you know nothing about the latest crop of electric cars. Because the latest crop of electric cars, parked at a high-capacity supercharger, can go from 20 to 60 percent in like 15 minutes. Right, right. Period. Yeah. In fact, uh, someone did a cannonball run in a Porsche Taycan, all-electric car, from New York to L.A., and that's basically what they did. As soon as they figured out what the charge curve of the car was, they leveraged it to the max. They drove that thing until it had like 5% left in it because they knew it would ramp right up to full charge at that point. Right. And they just let it go until it hit 50, 55, 60%. And then only then did it start to ramp down Hmm. from the 200 kilowatt uh, hour charge rate that they were getting. And then they would just go, well, that's enough of that. Unplug. Do we have enough to get to the next one? Yep. Off we go. None of this charging to 80% nonsense. They just... You know, they tried to stay as short a duration as possible at the charge station, so that they would not kill unnecessary amounts of time. It was it was exciting to watch.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. That mentality is very different than um, petroleum-based vehicles, where we it's just in our language we gotta go yeah. fill it up. We gotta right. go fill it up. We yeah. gotta go fill it up. So it's always about making sure the car is topped up. Every week or two weeks or whatever yeah. it, it is, but uh, with an electric car,
1: um, there's a bit of planning involved.
0: Yeah, well, that's that is absolutely true, but it seems um, that it's less about just filling it up, and it's just about getting to where you need to go. Right. In regardless if it's a high capacity charging station or
1: you're charging the
0: the tier one. Charging station you have at your house at 110. Yeah. Right. So it's just a matter of getting to where you need to go. And um, the planning obviously comes in like uh, making sure that you've got enough juice to get to
1: where you need to charge. And when I say planning, there's really no planning required for normal commutes. Because most of the time, if you even doubt for a second that you have enough charge left in your battery... When you get home for Mm -hmm. the night, Mm -hmm. that you've got enough to last the next day, you're going to plug in your goddamn car. Yeah. The only difference is, depending on where you live, if you live in a place where electricity rates vary depending on the demand on the grid, then you're going to use your little phone app to tell your car, hey, car, don't start charging till midnight or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, keep charging until I come out and unplug you. Oh, and while you're at it, since it's so freaking cold outside, how about you preheat the cabin in the last 20 minutes of the charge while we're still plugged in yeah. to the to the wall so that it's toasty warm inside when I get in? Yeah. Which means then I'm not emptying, you know, a tenth of the battery or whatever just to get the cab warm. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, like, I mean, there, there's... Uh, There's a certain amount of planning that we're not used to because we have the convenience of just driving down to the corner gas station and filling up within, you know, three or four minutes or whatever. But it's definitely not so inconvenient that it's got anyone that owns one of these things going, oh, man, what a mistake I made. You know, like they're just going... Okay, you guys. Yeah,
0: but okay. To be fair, just devil's mm-hmm. advocacy. Yeah, yeah. Everybody likes to the smell of their own farts, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, it's they're not going to complain. There's a bit of, there's
1: it, a bit of uh, bu- uh, what do you call it, confirmation bias. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, and and what? And of course, there would be. Yeah. There's confirmation bias in the vehicle that I own. It's like, the the vehicle mm-hmm. that I drive is, the best one. Right. Just because that's what you do. But really, but outside looking in, having to go to a uh, charging station and wait 15 minutes...
1: Yeah. Sucks. It would. Yeah. Until you got used to it. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um, Unless you found a way to build it into the stop. Like... Sure. You know, if I had to go to Cross Iron Mills, and even then, I don't know, like, the only time, the only time that I would actually need to stop at a s- charging station... As opposed to just waiting till I got home, as if I'm on a road trip. Yeah,
0: because it's like between two and four hundred kilometers, yeah. depending on time of year, for sure. Yeah, that's another variability. Um, that.
1: And and of course the the issue that we have to deal with in Canada specifically, that doesn't seem to be a problem in other jurisdictions, I've noticed, like California and Washington State and other parts of the states and Norway where they now sell more electric cars every month than any other kind of car. Sure. Period. Yeah. But, you know, we'll talk about that later, why that's even possible. Um, The infrastructure has to get a hundred times better than it is now. Yeah. For people to go, oh, shit, everywhere I look, there's chargers. So I guess there isn't going to be a problem if I want to drive to Vancouver. And in fact, if you own a Tesla... There is no problem driving to Vancouver. But if you own a Volkswagen electric car, eh, you might have a little bit of a problem. Yeah, or a Leaf or Or something. a Leaf or yeah. whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, because, you know, those no. brands of chargers, the non-Tesla chargers, are not as uh, numerous or as fast <laughs> as the latest generation of Tesla superchargers. Right. So if, you know, when people say... Why do I need to pay 70 grand for the latest Tesla when I could just get the latest Leaf for 42, pretty much fully loaded? The answer is well, you're getting 42 grand worth of convenience and technology. You're not getting as big of a battery as you would in the Tesla. And you're not getting the infrastructure that comes with owning a Tesla either. Yeah. And if that's all you're doing with that LEAF is driving to work and back and doing groceries... Yeah, don't buy a Tesla. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. Unless what you are looking forward to someday is being able not to hold the steering wheel and let the thing drive you everywhere that you need to go without even thinking about it. Right. Because that's coming sooner than a lot of people realize, too. I don't know. Have you seen any of the YouTube videos of the beta test of their latest software? No, but I read software? about it. I read about the
0: guys that are on the beta right
1: now. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's very interesting.
1: The software is learning how to deal with situations in a manner that are making these drivers just go gaga. Mm -hmm. They're just thinking, wow, if the beta can do this, imagine what it's going to be like when it's all ironed out and done. Right. Having said that, it's going to be a completely different set of experiences in the middle of winter in Canada or a northern state. Where the camera, if it can't see what the hell is going on, is not gonna be able to drive that car. Which is incredibly frequent. Yes.
0: Right. Everybody's got a backup camera that they gotta go, go spit with, on their yeah, thumb and rub exactly, it off. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 No, it's totally true. The people that are working on these cars are primarily focused on the perfect driving conditions. Oh. California's yeah. got phenomenal roads with constantly freshly painted markings and fucking glow in the dark goddamn things pop you know sticking out in the lane dividers and uh you know no snow blizzards, no snowstorms, no no black ice Just fine with just big yeah, fire yeah just smoke <laughs> Oh my god yeah so yeah I'm I'm excited. I um I'm hoping that my next car will be an electric car. I'm looking forward to all the fun and all of the, the, the new paradigm that would be the electric car owner's experience, which is no more oil changes, no more tune-ups, no more fluid, uh, coolant flushes, no more spark plug changes, no more filter nothing, no more transmission headaches, none of it. None of it. The yep. only thing I've got to worry about is the health of my battery, my brakes from time to time, and probably more tire changes than I'm used to because of the sheer weight of the car and the torquiness of right. the electric motors. Yeah. Uh, because you know you're not going to stop going, hey, watch this. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look how fast I can get to 100 kilometers an hour or yeah. 200. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to, uh, you know, giving the finger drive, as I drive by every gas station I ever, ever stopped at and laughing at the cost of the electricity that goes into a full charge versus the cost of filling up a, a tank of gas, even in a small car. It right. It's insane. Yeah, it's... There's just no comparison.
0: No. There's... Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, there's no comparison at all. I'm maybe it's my naivety and you can and will proudly correct me if I'm wrong, about like the the difficulty, especially in this province, where all of our electricity is just getting pumped into the sky anyway. Right. Right? Right. So yes, it's better on my my wallet, which is nice. Right. But
1: are you producing the same pollutants?
0: Yeah, and I'm not.
1: No, you're not. Not even close. But they've studied this.
0: R- fair enough, but it's still it's still it's still not right. We're still like it's still not the right, right. answer. No, no. So, in a perfect
1: world, yeah. we wouldn't be charging electric cars from or with electricity produced by fossil fuel. Right. Which unfortunately Alberta is doing that in spades. There are still coal fired plants that were promised to be turned off and are on the verge, but they're not yet. And all the rest of our electricity, for the most part, is being produced by natural gas, mm-hmm. with a couple of pockets enough to be laughable of hydroelectricity, and the rest is, and it's such a minute amount of wind and solar. Right. Which is unfortunate because if there's two things that Alberta has almost more of than any other province in the country, it's wind and sunny days. And we're not even, we're only beginning to think about leveraging that free resource. And the excuse the utility companies have always, until very, very recently, been using as an excuse why they can't build more wind and more solar is because they don't have any ability to store the electricity right. which is now total nonsense because as it's been proven in other parts of the world you don't need batteries to store energy no potential energy you can store energy by pumping water up to the top of the mountain and then letting it fall when the wind stops
0: yeah, I watched a video on, in Germany, they just did a, a series of trains pushing giant concrete blocks up. Right. Yeah, for potential energy. Yeah. And as it comes back down, it it creates the electricity.
1: Another thing yeah. they, they started doing in Germany, which I thought was ingenious, like the people who come up with these ideas need to be congratulated. The Germans, but the I know, right? They get it. Yeah, they get it. Always have, always will. Um, one of the things the Germans did to store energy, they found a way to store energy as cold. And you'd think, how the hell do yeah, you do this that? Is a cool story. I like this one. What, what they did was they said, okay, all of the giant warehouses that we have that have to keep things frozen before they get shipped out, were just, while the wind is blowing all night long and driving these turbines... And this electricity has to go somewhere because otherwise it gets shunted to ground and wasted. We're just going to crank our freezers down to like minus 25 instead of minus 10. And we'll let them take all of that stuff that's being frozen down to the coldest temperature we can get it to. Right. And then at 8 o'clock in the morning when everybody gets up and turns their shit on and the factories start firing up, we'll just shut the freezers off and not burn any electricity. Yeah. Which actually ends up putting the grid out of the hands of all the people with those freezer warehouses. But they're
0: not using and back any on the grid.
1: Yeah, they're not using. Well, it's not. It's It's not back on the grid.
0: It's just they're, they're no longer. Using it, they're right? no longer drawing yeah, they're not from the grid from it during yeah. the day, which yeah. is.
1: It's really ingenious. Neat. Yeah, it's really neat. It's ingenious. It's a really cool idea. And then another thing that uh, they have just started figuring out how to do. They always knew that they could store heat for a long time underground in the right materials. In fact, there's actually a development in Okotoks where they built a whole bunch of houses in a row on a street. And then they built the garages for those houses down this uh, laneway. And I'm sure it's on more than one street that they did this. But what they did was they put solar panels on the roofs of the garage the, 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 the row of garages. But they're not the kind of power panels that generate electricity. They're the kind of power panels that heat the liquid that's circulating through them. And then what they do is they capture that heat and pump it underground into these giant vats that are insulated and contain a special type of coolant or something that is capable of holding on to that heat for months once it's down there. And they just keep topping it up and warming it up and warming it up all summer long. And then as soon as it starts getting like what it is now, they turn it back in reverse and they start sucking all that heat out of the big giant vats underground and heating the houses with it. Yeah. Which is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm thinking, like, why is there only like one (laughs) neighborhood of a city in a, you know, in a province like ours... That is doing that. They've proven that it works. It works. And yet no one else is doing
0: it. It's because it's a province like ours.
1: I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: guess. We've hardly picked up stones and sticks to figure shit out yet. Well, I know. Right? We're, it, so.
1: we, we, we've somehow been hypnotized as a culture in this province that oil and gas is the only thing that's going to keep us going mm-hmm. until it just isn't around anymore. That it's not really... Uh, it's not really fair or Alberta-like to just think about transitioning away from that, right. even before we run out of it. Mm-hmm. Especially and and you know money's got a lot to do with it too. Let's face it. Or all of it. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, as long as as long as the companies that produce the stuff are raking in the kind of dough they're raking in now. They, the last thing on their mind is going. Right, maybe we should stop pumping this stuff out of the ground.
0: Yeah, there's lots more than this. The, the uh, oil and gas companies with the money. It's the money that the province generates. It's the fact that oh, the, yeah, we don't pay totally. PST. It's yeah, right. We don't we don't pay for Alberta health care. Other provinces do. We right. have to. Right. So
1: because of those royalties. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it's such a uh, and then how we. Uh, we assist other provinces. Like it's such an astronomical amount of money that I'm a huge advocate for moving in the direction of greener technologies. But it can't. It's not a light switch. Like we no, can't turn it off. No. Like I don't know how. I don't know how. And I'm not smart enough to know how. Does this province generate enough money to sustain? Yeah. Like, what are we? What else do we have?
1: No, I don't know. And unfortunately, it's too late for us to try to become like Norway has been for the last couple of decades because they got it right. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Their oil and gas industry was essentially crown owned. And so they got to decide how much royalty they were actually going to extract from the selling of their oil and gas. And they took a lot Their fund is worth more than a trillion and a half dollars, I think. And what they decided to do with that money as a country was they said, okay, now that the writing is on the wall, that this is a finite resource that will stop being the thing Mm -hmm. that everybody wants sooner than we probably realize, let's get the country on a footing to not even need it anymore. Right. We'll keep selling it to whoever wants it. But in the meantime, they took their fund and basically said to all Norwegians, hey, you want to buy an electric car? We'll pay half. Crazy. And that's why they're the biggest selling vehicle in the country, because who wouldn't buy an electric car at half the price? Right. It's almost a no-brainer. Yeah. And so, of course, they put in the infrastructure because they knew they needed it because they knew people were going to be buying it in droves, and they got ready, quick. Unlike here, where, you know, no one's, it's, it's like a vicious circle. You know, it's instead of the Norwegian build it and they will come type of philosophy, in Alberta and other places like Alberta, it's kind of like, well, we don't need to invest in the infrastructure because not enough people are buying the cars. But not enough people are buying the cars because there's no infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't get a job because I have no experience. That's right. I no experience. I can't, can't, can't get a job. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's an odd situation we find ourselves in. And that's why, you know, you end up with a premier of Ontario saying things like, I'm not going to subsidize a car that only millionaires can afford. Which just goes to show you how uneducated he is about electric cars. I know a lot of non-millionaires who own electric cars. In fact, I'm willing to bet that if you were to poll, if you were to statistically see how rich the people who own electric cars are, you'll find that they're, they're well off, but they're not rich. Right. The girl up the street who decided to sink all of her life savings into that Tesla was not a rich person. Right. She just said, okay, now is the time i'm I'm making the jump, just rich in personality, really okay, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we gonna talk about today? Have we exhausted the uh, electric um, car topic? No are there any you're yes. curious about electric cars There's, that there's things the that for?
0: freak me out yeah like okay. the batteries yeah. Yeah, it's all know. butterflies and rainbows until you start talking about fucking batteries. Yes. Right? And that shit is gnarly.
1: Well, and here's the thing. I can speak from experience on this because at one time I owned a hybrid car. hmm And it was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. And the reason it was a bad experience is not because it was a shitty car. It,
0: mm-hmm. was, a,
1: it was a Civic Hybrid, mm-hmm. incidentally. It wasn't a crappy car. The problem was... The car sat on the lot for a year, and the battery was essentially destroyed from Mm non-use. So it worked, but it didn't work for long before it started seeing serious degradation. Now, had I managed to scoop that car right off the factory floor, or it had only been sitting in the lot for a couple of months, Mm -hmm. I would have probably had a much better experience. But bear in mind, too, this was 12 years ago that I bought this 12, 10 years ago that I bought the car. So battery technology has not only come a long ways in 10 years. The battery management circuitry that manages the battery's state of charge in all electric cars does a much better job than that piece of garbage circuitry in the Civic Hybrid that I owned, because they know much more about what batteries can take and what will shorten their life. Right. And the thing that will shorten the life of a lithium-ion battery pack is letting it go down to zero and charging it up to 100. You don't want to do that, and if you have to, you don't want to do it often. So... By default, electric cars will insist that you only let it go down to 20 on a normal day and never let it go above 80 on a normal day. The only time you would bypass that rule is if you were doing a a long drive, a long road trip. Um, So as long as you don't defy what the battery management circuitry wants to do to keep your battery healthy... Mm -hmm. I think you got a pretty good chance of getting a solid 10 years out of your battery. But then you're going to have to eventually replace it if you don't mind, unless you don't mind, you know, 15, 20, possibly even 25% degradation in capacity. So, you know, but you can take all the money that you saved on $120 gas fill-ups. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. And start saving for your next battery. So,
0: my contention is is the issue with I gotta buy a new battery, but it's not the fact that it's inconvenient for me or that I have to buy one even every 10 years, which, you know, yeah, admittedly is it's really the good for that a you battery. It's one period. Yeah, and half of Norway has these huge batteries, and we're needing more and more batteries. It takes a lot of crazy shit to make a battery, sure and knows. none of it is good for us. No. Right? So when these batteries do go bad, you know, there's the recycling of batteries, but mm-hmm. there's always terrible shit that's left over. Correct. Right? And the argument with, you know, fossil fuels are will eventually be gone, which is absolutely true. There's some rare earth materials that we're tearing out of the crust to make these batteries yes. that are also finite. Yeah. Right? So, like, and I don't, and I honestly have no idea how finite they are, what's the expectancy, how long it's going to take for us to go through, um, like, cobalt. It might be a real long time, or it might not be.
1: And um, having said that, there are battery companies that are saying, hey, including Tesla, that are saying, hey, don't worry we're now almost perfecting battery technology that doesn't require any cobalt. We're going to be using some other stuff instead. But, you know, even if the batteries only end up having to have aluminum and manganese in them in Mm -hmm. order to operate, you still have to get aluminum and manganese to make these batteries. And if you need enough to build a billion electric cars... That's a lot of manganese you've got to get your hands on, and yeah. you've got to keep doing it every time, like you said, those batteries need replacing. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this is all going to play out in the future, because there is a very dedicated group of electric car enthusiasts, engineer enthusiasts, who are saying, I know you all have given up on fuel cells hydrogen fuel cells and musk isn't helping matters on that front because he basically wrote them off saying forget about uh hydrogen fuel cells they're not they're nothing they're they're not gonna they're not gonna solve the problem weird i wonder why you do that i don't i don't you know i think it was really (laughs) i i think the problem with elon is that once he makes up his mind about something that's it he's gonna you know he's like a he's He's laser focused on whatever he decides is going to be the next thing. Right. And you can't talk him and, and he'll 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 deny everything else is viable just as a protection mechanism to stop himself mm. from wandering. And, you know, not focusing on that laser, uh, I, you know, laser focus on the idea that he's pursuing. And, and the idea he's pursuing is that don't worry, the battery technology will eventually catch up. To where we need it to be but i'm not so sure i think that the only thing that is really holding hydrogen fuel cell technology back is the production of hydrogen right because right now it's expensive to do Mm -hmm. and we've got people in this country again alberta saying oh yeah sure If you want us to produce a shit crap load of hydrogen, we can do it using fossil fuels. Yeah, using natural gas. Which again, is like, yeah, but okay, that's fine for now, but shouldn't we be building more wind farms and solar farms so that we can crack water into hydrogen and oxygen for free? Yeah. That would be the thing that makes hydrogen sustainable, and that would possibly turn the tide and make hydrogen fuel cells better than battery-powered electric cars because then you could just go to the neighborhood goddamn gas station and fill up with hydrogen in exactly the same amount of time, plus or minus a minute, that it takes you to fill up with gas now. End of story. Problems solved. So I'm not completely convinced that hydrogen fuel cells are dead and are not going to be the answer going forward, I think the jury is still out. Because as soon as we let another five years go by, and where were all these cheap, non-polluting, sustainable battery technologies that you guys all promised us, I think that's when people are going to start going, okay, maybe they were full of shit. And Wait got to no look at the other thing.
0: But check out this new $40,000 Tesla.
1: Right. Right, right.
0: That's a, that's a, it's the same problem. It's corruption and it,
1: But if Elon it's But if Elon sure, starts but... to see four or five other brand names producing f- f- hydrogen, fuel cell, full electric cars mm-hmm. affordably mm-hmm. and the infrastructure actually starts ramping up for it. There's nothing stopping him from going, oh, do you want a fuel cell-powered Tesla? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we could do that. Which would theoretically drive the cost down even more. I oh, personally yeah, I believe so. that if he had chosen fuel cell as the power pack of choice, we'd be looking at $30,000 Teslas right now. Yeah, you don't need a lot of strip mines for making hydrogen. And, they, and And a hydrogen tank doesn't cost a lot of money either. No. Not as much as a bloody ninety kilowatt hour battery does. Absolutely not, and the weight. No kidding. So different. I know. Yeah, totally. So I, it's so
0: funny us two sitting here going, "Shit, we figured it out." Right. I wonder what the problems really are. Like I have no idea what the real challenges of hydrogen cells beyond the manufacturing of hydrogen. But right. the problems, the manufacturing of batteries, is no small feat. No. Right? It's not easy, No, right? It's crazy expensive. It's crazy and dangerous. Expensive. It's and, bad for the environment. Yeah. It's all sorts of shit. So, yeah. but why was, why were, or are still hydrogen cells, not the thing to go after or something that we're obviously missing, mm-hmm. uh, surprisingly, that yeah. you and I haven't figured it out. Right. But yeah. Cause the idea is super romantic. We're, we're just going, well, yeah, there you go. You just do it. If everybody got Solar panels or you know, little wind farm trees in their backyards that make their own
1: hydrogen. And the reason... <laughs> there's something very strange going on in the car industry right now that has a couple of people scratching their heads. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about people who actually watch the auto industry with interest and have a lot of experience. You ever heard of uh, this guy, Sandy Monroe? No, I don't think so. Sandy Monroe is an ex GM engineer. Okay. And he kind of went off and formed his own consulting company where he offered to go and say, hey, anyone who makes cars, give me one of your cars off the assembly line and I'm gonna completely tear it down to its parts and tell you everything you did wrong and everything you did right. Musk jumped on that bandwagon and said, "Here you go," and gave them one of the first run Model 3 cars. And Monroe tore that thing apart and said, "What a pile of poo this is. They did this wrong, they did that wrong. The, you know, the the way it was put together is really crappy. It's got all kinds of quality control issues, yada, yada, yada. This looks like it's going to break any minute if you just look at it the wrong way, this, that, and the other thing. And then um, when they uh, fine-tuned their manufacturing process a little bit, mm-hmm. he said, here, how about this one? And gave them another. And Monroe said, you know, this is great. You guys are doing a, a, a really good job of fixing all the problems that you had with your first and second generation of, of your cars. And then when they were talking to, like some journalists sat down and read after they rediscovered who this guy was, and said, so Sandy, what do you think about the, the future of, um, of cars period? Like are electric cars the way to go, la 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 la? And he's like, yeah, he goes, he goes, if you are not investing all of your R&D dollars in full-on electric cars right now, you are gonna be left behind in the dust. But right after he said that, everybody was kind of going, so what's up with Toyota and Honda? Where are all the electric cars right. coming out of these two companies? They're practically nothing, there's practically nothing there. In the case of Honda, there is nothing. And At it, all? Huh?
0: They've got to have, like, they gotta have like some well, they, they, token vehicle.
1: Uh, they've got a hydrogen vehicle. Oh, Interesting. Huh? but they do not have a full electric battery-only vehicle Interesting. In, the, in the market. Oh, wow. Okay. They may be working on it, but they sure as hell aren't telling anybody that they're working on it. And Toyota, I think Toyota has an all-electric RAV4. That's it. That's it. But where's the rest of the fleet? And I think I'm ready to go out on a limb here on, on the interwebs. and predict that the reason those two car companies are holding back is because they're convinced that hydrogen fuel cell is not dead and that it's going to make a comeback as an option once everybody realizes that batteries are not all they were cracked up to be and that the price drop that everybody was promising is just not coming true. And it's not going to produce the affordable all-electric Alternative that everybody's waiting for, because it's not going to be a ubiquitous thing until they're worth thirty grand, right? Until you can buy an all-electric car that can actually go places for thirty grand, they're not going anywhere. No, no, period, all stop. I say that a lot, don't I? I
0: don't know. You said ubiqui- period. you. Period. He said period. Ubiquitous a lot today. Yeah, I know. Eh? That's not my. That's been driving me crazy when I listen back to these podcasts. Is a word that I say over and over and over. Oh, yeah. And over. Last one was fuck. I said it a <laughs> lot. Like a lot. It really bothered me. And the Whoa. one before that was absolutely. Yeah. I say it that
1: over. word tends to drive a lot of people crazy. Which one? Absolutely. Yeah. There are people who hate that word with really? every fiber of their being. So whenever they hear it, they know it. This has it. to be cut out, by the way.
0: Simply because people are going to listen to it and they're going to go back. But you fucking do say it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard anybody not like it besides me because I say it all the time. Because my mom says it all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Fucking, you'll
1: go crazy now when you listen to it. Oh, I'm definitely leaving this in. By the way, fucking asshole says it all the time. Yeah, I'm definitely leaving it in. Um, No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? It's a natural. It's people. It's a natural uh, filler word.
0: Yeah. Like Adam and Carl, is. grammar police. <laughs> no. not me no, at all. Definitely not. No, I can't spell. I put definitely. commas in sentences, hoping that they're in the right spot.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hi, comma. <laughs>
1: Next topic. Oh. um... Now, now, I know the answer to this next question is going to be no, because you don't subscribe to Disney anymore. So, obviously, you have not watched the new Beatles documentary that uh, got thrown together. Probably not even interested, right? Nah. Next topic.
0: Nah. We can talk about it. The Beatles, dis- I respect the Beatles for what they did. Yep. I just don't care. But like, right. I can... Oh, t- a song will come on or... Any number of songs. Will, I'll, to be fair, any number of songs will come on. I'll tap my foot and probably sing every goddamn word, but it's not a moving experience. Right. Right. Like I don't really care.
1: Well, I guess. In, I guess. Admittedly, I'm. I belong to a generation, that was more influenced by the Beatles. But even then, the Beatles were even before my time because they broke up when I was like nine, which is weird. That I, to even say those words out loud, they broke up when I was nine. Hmm. But their music continued to influence the scene for many, many years after that before it finally petered out. Yeah. Because the, especially the albums that they produced before, just before they broke up, were groundbreaking. They were right. nothing like the stuff they started out with, which was bubblegum right. girl pop.
0: Which is, yeah, and yeah, certainly the, the latter part of their catalog was far more interesting.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. And so the thing that I think I was really interested in uh, watching this new documentary for is, as the guy who, who produced it... Uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, yeah, from New Zealand. Um, he managed to get his hands on... All of the raw footage that was produced by the production company that were going to make a TV special out of the making of that album. Okay. And of the hundreds, if not thousands of hours of raw footage that they captured of them rehearsing and talking and goofing around and and making music on the fly... The TV special ended up being focused on how they didn't get along that great. Oh, okay. Because that's all anybody was talking about at the time. Right. There was rumors that the Beatles weren't getting along anymore. They were on the verge of breaking up. How much longer would they stay together? And oh, look, they're making an album. Well, this ought to be a gong show, right? If we get to watch it. Do you know what record that was? I do um, know what it was. It was uh, People are Let Sh- It Be. Oh, okay. Sure. It was the album Let It Be. Okay. So, yeah, unfortunately, the producers decided to focus mostly on the shitty part. The, 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 the drama. The, yeah, the drama, the bickering and stuff like that. The money they captured bickering. a little bit of the creative process, but they left a lot of the more interesting parts on the, on the floor, on the cutting room floor. And Jackson, Peter Jackson said, no, 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 we, there, there's a lot of gold in here. And we need to pick out the shiniest bits and really show what was really going on behind the scenes, which was, yeah, they would bicker about little things here and there, but they were also, like, inventing songs out of thin air. They were literally scrambling to come up with enough songs and finish them there in that little fake studio that they had built for the movie, for the TV show, uh, to, to put it together. And... Um, I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I've only watched the first of the three three three-hour episodes, or roughly three hours. And um, it's been... I had no idea just how much fun these guys had together when they worked together. I had no idea how, unlike... Music artists of today who are typically given a year or more to come up with their next album. These motherfuckers did it in a month. Mm. A month! And most of that month was spent going, how about this? Yeah, okay, we might have something there. Hey, let's play a Chuck Berry song that we know. Right. They just wanted to jam and have fun with the music that influenced them. Right. That they knew how to play. And you know, lifted up their spirits while they were trying to think of how they were going to finish that song they were just working on. and it was just like, holy crap man. Um, I had no idea how influential Paul McCartney was on these songs that they were putting together. yeah, yeah. he he was like like the music man He was like the music man he was, he? Like, the man. He was yeah. like the he was like the the music director of that band. yeah, yeah John came up with content and ideas but Paul was the guy who kept massaging it and tweaking it and well what if we did this and yeah it was just nuts
0: like I say, I have an I absolutely have an appreciation for their contribution to Mm -hmm. music and I probably would watch it though I'm a little turned off by the length uh, that you've described that's really long yeah but Um, It still would be very interesting because, yeah, they're a big deal. They're still a big deal. Yeah. You know, they're almost all gone, but they're still a big deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So.
1: Another band we're going to talk about one of these days is Floyd.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) I won't even show up to that podcast. I'll just let you go. (laughs) (sighs) Jesus.
1: So what's on your mind, Adam? Adam.
0: I had the most, it was a really interesting experience. The uh, Yesterday, I think it was, yet, yeah, it was yesterday. And it's a funny feeling of privilege and anger, disappointment, confusion. And it was, I was driving, my daughter and I, we just went for a drive, because mm-hmm. uh, that's what we do. Mm. And we were driving through Chestermere and just driving, having a having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then a cop, I saw the lights of a cop go off, like three cars behind us. Mm-hmm. So I pull over and everybody pulls over, but the cop wiggles in and comes behind me. Mm. And my daughter's like, what's going on? Like, what did you do? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I, You know, when you're speeding, you know you're speeding. Mm -hmm. You know you've fucked up. And I didn't know. So he shows up and he tells me, he proceeds to tell me that I was on my cell phone. That he saw me looking at my phone
1: Mm.
0: um, as I was driving. Mm. I was like, are you sure? Because I truly didn't think I had been. And uh, he's like, no, I saw it. And I said, do you think maybe it was my insulin pump or some shit like that? And, nope, it was there. Anyway, so um, so who, I, I, mean, I can't contest that much. Mm-hmm. Like, he says I did. I said I didn't. Well, he's going to write a ticket. Right. Right. Anyway, so he asked for license and registration, whatever. It turns out my registration is, um, is out. So anyway, I, I, get, I get two tickets. That amount to $634. Aye. So, the part that's very, oh, I missed an important part which bothered me because I felt embarrassed because it happened in front of my daughter mm-hmm. and it subsequently made her cry. Oh. Is that this cop made me do a breathalyzer and he said, Everybody has to do it. And again, if I had, if I didn't have my daughter, I would have been like, no like absolutely right. not like right. we're gonna turn this into a thing yeah if i wasn't in Chestermere and my three-year-old wasn't in my back seat right because what the fuck it's ten thirty in the morning like right. yeah okay people drink at 10 30 in... anyway so that embarrassed me and upset me and my daughter's crying so i'm trying to console her because she's like i just want to go home i just want to go home but the where the privilege comes from, it's like the first experience I've had with police where I didn't do anything wrong. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it. No. So here's your ticket. And it just, I felt, I felt, I felt all sorts of shit. Yeah. I felt scared. Yeah. Disappointed. Yeah. And the privilege part is, is that I'm just some white guy who's had this very first Bad experience with a cop, and there are people that get killed by them. So, anyway, but it was an uh, infuriating experience, and uh, I'm going to go to court, and I'm going to fight them both, because uh, I got my registration like on the way home through, because mm-hmm. you can do it online now, yeah. so I'm like, yeah. okay, I did it, right. please drop this, Yeah, and uh, the cell phone, I'm going to try to contest Yeah, I'm gonna to try to contest it. Right. Because I, <clears throat> you're pretty
1: sure you weren't on your phone, or you're absolutely sure. Oh, I'm. You can. You know, I'm on a, only pretty sure. I'm okay. Only pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes we will use it without even thinking. it. Ab-
0: oh, for sure. I yeah. almost said absolutely, but yeah. I won't fucking do it again. <laughs> um, oh, for <laughs> sure. Um, now it's gonna be for sure, and that's gonna be way worse. For It'll sure. Be like fucking piano for V's. sure. I'm going to be eh? surfing with Patrick Swayze in Point Break. For sure. For sure, eh? Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, no, I, 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 know I know have suspicions mean. of. I have, I like. I thought, so yesterday I was, I was sure that I had a plan figured out so I could contest it. Which was, on your phone, when you get a notification, I used it Apple Pay. Like an hour and a half before I got pulled over. Hmm. And when you use Apple Pay, it'll send you a notification on your notification screen saying it was this much. Right. So I had thought, and I'm not sure anymore, I had thought that even if you pick up your phone and look at your notification screen, Mm -hmm. not unlocking your phone, just looking at the notification Mm -hmm. screen Mm -hmm. would clear it. So I was sure that that was the case yesterday.
1: Mm.
0: So I was... Because when he said, you looked at your phone, and I said, no... I picked up my phone and looked, and my Apple pay thing was still there. so had I picked up my phone and looked at it, it, it would have cleared, right? I can't prove it, but like that's my story, right But now I don't actually know if the notification's clear unless you unlock it. but uh, yeah I don't so either. I don't know. I don't either. I'll probably have to pay you a $300 ticket.
1: And I know this is kind of like treading on, oh, snowflake, but having to deal with that kind of power shift, power dynamic, really does a number on your psyche, especially when you're, you know, going into it thinking, I'm cool. Nothing's wrong here.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everything should be fine. Yeah. I'm just, you know, maybe my taillight is out and I don't realize it. Or,
0: or I was speeding. Or, or maybe right? I was speeding and yeah. I
1: didn't realize it or whatever. And instead of being a shithead about it, the officer's going to look me up and go, oh, this person's been clean for years. So let's, you know, see if they act like an asshole. And if they do, OK, then I'm going to shift the power dynamic, you know, back in my favor But if they're really nice about everything, then we're just going to have a little talk and I'm going to say, hey, you know, be careful, man. man. you got a three-year-old in the back seat. Right. You know, settle down. Sure. Show some respect to everybody around you. Right. Have a great day. And then back to the car. But no, there's not... And there are some reports of that kind of interaction, but it's in the minority. Yeah. It's in the minority. The audacity
0: of this guy at the end, it was just like, it was the icing on the shittiest cake ever, was he came back with the tickets, and he's like, I got good news and I got bad news. And I was like, you prick. Okay. He's like, the bad news is, you're getting two tickets. like, okay. The good news is, I'm not going to tow you today. Fuck you. That's not good news. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, like I suppose it's good news, but it wasn't good news until your ass-face decided to say it. Right. Like oh, fuck you, don't do me that favor. <laughs> Just don't tow my car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the part that bugs me is with that is like if my daughter wouldn't have been in the back seat of my car, would have he towed my car cuz my registration was out? And it sure the fuck feels like he would have. Right. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I'm mad. I'm pissed off, like whatever. But again,
1: it's it's that power dynamic, right? Yeah. Because they've got you coming and going now. Here's two tickets you probably can't afford. Oh, and by the way, you know, just to rub some salt in the wound, it could have been worse if I really if I really wanted to be an asshole. Yeah. Well no, we've already we've already crossed that line. So, yeah, don't don't act like you're doing me any kind of favors because you just basically ruined my day just with the two tickets. You could and- have done what a lot of other officers did and said, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you didn't realize your registration had expired. And I'm going to give you 24 hours to fix the situation. Or yeah. if you can't show up, if you can show up in the station with your renewed registration by tomorrow, three o'clock. Right. They will be ready to rip this ticket in in half. Right. Otherwise, it stays in your possession.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. If you wanted to be fair about it, that's what he could have done. Not yeah. just. Oh, not just. You think you're goes. having a bad day now? Wait till I Yeah. Make you take a breathalyzer.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> so I blow. Holy fuck! So I blow I'm into lucky this I'm not same...
1: Strip searching you out there oh, yeah. the side of the vehicle. Oh, that's
0: all right. He was kind of handsome. He, I, he takes this thing apart. Like, I've never done a breathalyzer before. Me neither. So, he's like, okay, you got to put your mouth on it and blow a steady stream of air until it, I tell you to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I don't know how long this steady stream is going to be. Right? So, I, I plan an appropriate l- level of pressure of blowing out. So, I don't know if I'm going to be going for fucking 15 minutes here or 10 seconds. So, I blow and it gets to the end he's like you have to blow harder than that sir i'm like okay well okay don't i was be...
1: saving myself yeah and yeah. don't
0: be such a cunt about it thank you <laughs> anyway so then i blow into it and he he looks at me and he points it to me and he's like it's zero and i said uh-huh I yeah like yeah of course it's zero like it wasn't a surprise i'm not like yes yeah yeah <laughs> i
1: fooled you what do i win
0: yeah what a dink anyway this doesn't make for real great content it's not really funnier but man
1: annoying as hell
0: annoying yeah but like i say the part that really bugs me is that i do feel privileged and it does give me perspective is like there's some gnarly shit that's going on in the world with cops um,
1: well, and how about if you'd have been a black guy?
0: That's what I'm saying. That's my problem. That's where the privilege comes in, is I'm upset because a cop gave me a ticket and let me leave. Right. If I was a black guy in another situation, I could have been shot.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Like, so, yeah. So they're, they're still relining to it, because it gives you a perspective on mm-hmm. on how good things are for us white fellas. Right? But...
1: Well... I think that's pretty much it for episode three. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thank you. See you next time.
0: Bye.
1: Was that long enough do you think? Oh God yeah. No well not counting that bit. Yeah. Considering all the heavy